One of the things I love about this time of year, the rediscoveries. As boxes come out of storage, we rediscover memories and rediscover meaning found in this ornament or that decoration. One of the gifts my three children received years ago, three little sheep ornaments. Makes sense, three children, three sheep. Each sheep had a little collar and a little blanket over its back and a word on each blanket. One had the word peace, the other love, and the third hope. As these sheep were rediscovered last week, a question came up. Where's the fourth? Those of you who love Advent wreaths will remember that each of the candles has been ascribed with four wonderful results of a relationship with Christ. Hope, peace, love, and joy. The fourth, joy. We don't have a joyful sheep yet. Describing a faith life, a life with Christ, Well, we obviously use words to describe our thoughts and feelings, words to describe our relationship with God, our callings, our roles in the world. As faith grows, as challenges come, descriptions might change. One word used to describe a faith life we have today, prophet. Prophets have been recognized as people who are inspired deliverers of God's messages, not only about the future, but to their contemporaries, to whom they declare God's will, and whom they recall to God's righteousness. Our gospel reading recounts the beginning of John the Baptist's ministry. He's a prophet. He preached about repentance for the forgiveness of sins. He paved the way for Jesus' ministry in words, and we'll hear more about him next week. But there's another figure, too, Zechariah. Words to describe him, a priest, and another might be father. Zechariah was an old priest. While he was serving at the temple, he went to burn incense, and it was a -a once-in-a-lifetime moment for him. While offering incense, the angel Gabriel appeared and said, Do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. Zechariah's prayer was for a child. Zechariah's wife Elizabeth was thought to be too old to bear children. But God answered Zechariah's prayer, and he got a son. Now Zechariah responded to Gabriel's message, God's message of generosity, He responded with disbelief, and he asked for a sign. And then Gabriel announced, Because you did not believe my words, which will be fulfilled in their time, you will become mute, unable to speak, until the day these things occur. So, prophet, priest, father, they are words that describe roles and lives lived, But what's even beneath those words? What word could describe how Zechariah changed, grew, and experienced God from the moment angel Gabriel spoke to him 
to that moment when he learned Elizabeth was pregnant and beyond as he saw his son born. There are words that describe you as well. A doctor, a contractor, a Christian, an Episcopalian, a mother, a daughter. If you look beyond those words and more deeply, what word could describe how you have changed, grown? What word could be used to how you experience God? For me, it's that fourth sheep, joy. If I go back to my earliest memories up until today, my experience of God has been one of joy. Joy is not happiness, glib laughter, and earthly delight. Joy is that deep and abiding knowledge that through all of the terrible things that happen to us in life, through the trials and tribulations, God delivers. And God delivers peace and hope and faith. It is with this love of God and experience of joy that I then relate to the people around me, the world, and the lens through which I see the movement of history. That joy ignites my laughing cackle and sweetens tears shed when I experience death and loss. Advent is a time of preparation. So would you spend some time thinking not just of the words that describe your outward activity, but the deeper words, that profound description of your life with God. It may well be that this description comes to mind immediately, but it may also be that you have to pull out a couple of boxes from storage, find some memories and moments in life that points you to deeper knowledge and full insight. One way to find these memories and moments, well, it's to practice love. And in this season, it can be easy to practice love. It begins by stepping out of your own way of doing things, stepping out of prejudices and pride and into the promise of God's generosity and love. That's where John the Baptist's ministry is so helpful. He reminds us to repent, which means to turn away from our selfishness and turn towards God. Turn away from our own ways, even if they are well-intentioned, and turn towards God's ways. We can do this in church, in this place of beauty, as we kneel Sunday to Sunday and say the general confession we can draw our minds not just to the slips of the tongue, the little failures in life, but also to what we think our good intentions are. And are they really as good as we think they are? It's not just work that's done here on our knees as we think of things done and left undone. Generosity is a daily exercise of piety, tipping well. Christmas bonuses to people in your life. And not just money, generosity in words and graciousness in action. Praising the people around you, encouraging all who come across your path. The caregivers, the caddies, the children, families, 
have words of generous love for all. And graciousness in action, which can be practiced best, in my view, on the roads. Let people in. <laughs> Allow someone to go in front of you in the grocery store. Give up a pew to someone on Christmas Eve. Sit in the parish hall. <laughs> Offer to pour someone a cup of coffee this morning. Those seemingly little things, they open the heart. And through that love, insight grows. It will be then that your deep connection will be rediscovered and your heart all the more prepared for Christmas. <laughs>